into the contest. It's Friday the 24th of December. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shadwicker here, still filling in for uh, Tim Gilbert, who is, uh, I don't know what he's doing, to be honest. He's probably just counting his millions of dollars that he sits back. That's how I imagine he lives his life, Shano. Is that... Is that how he lives, a good life? He does, mate. He'd be enjoying himself up in sunny Queensland, that's for sure. But uh, tonight- Oh, he'd be enjoying himself up here, would he? Because he seems to rag on it so much throughout the year, and now he's, he's pissed off over to here, and I'm going down to New South Wales. I mean, who is your true champion in New South Wales? That's how it is. Uh, it is the night before Christmas, though, Shana. Mm. You're in Melbourne right now getting prepared. What have you got on for this evening? A lot of uh, present wrapping, mate. I'm, I won't say I'm totally organised, but we'll be doing that tonight. We'll be having uh, a few little uh, pre-Christmas drinks and, um, and just relax. Actually, mate, looking forward to the kids opening the presents on Christmas Day. Mate, you've got to be careful with the drunken present wrap. Um, that seems to be a <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to get it right. <laughs> Christmas tradition for a lot of parents, a couple of vinos, and try to wrap up a gift. Uh, we have a charity auction running for the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation. Uh, amazing things for you to buy on there. We've been talking about it all this week as well. Uh, now a, a drawing by Cooper Tolton uh, of the Rabbitohs star Latrell Mitchell. You can uh, cool. check it out, see what mm. it looks like, afternoonsport.com slash auction. Today on the show, we'll be talking to one of the founders of the Barmy Army, Paul Lawrence Leafy Burnham. Uh, we'll also be chatting tennis, NBA, and a whole bunch more. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Maine Hair Care. Oh, Maine Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Maine Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, Maine Hair Care. All right, Shano, kicking off with cricket, of course. We're two days away from the Boxing Day test, and uh, Justin Langer has come out in defence of Marcus Harris. Yeah, well, I did predict Marcus Harris wouldn't be playing the Boxing Day test after the first two test matches due to form, but uh, Justin Langer has come out and defended um, his opening batsman, saying, look, he... He dominates in domestic cricket. I don't think I can agree with that either. He averages under 40 in first-class cricket, so that's hardly dominating. But um, I just remember Steve Ward doing exactly the same thing for Justin Langer. Him personally, when he was captain, he did the same thing for, for Matty Hayden and Greg Blewett. So Langer sort of returning the favour to the top order there and uh, and really backing, backing his young player. But uh, he's definitely under pressure. He doesn't perform this test match. He will not be playing come Sydney. Mate, I'm starting to feel like it's anyone but Kawhi at the moment. Well, I think so, yeah. He doesn't seem to be in favour at all. And I think the one thing I didn't realise is that Marcus Harris is, is actually 29. He looks about 19, but he's 29 years of age. And uh, I mentioned on the show he's had 23 test innings so far, averaging 22.19. So, look, that's far from uh, far from perfect. And uh, they, they may look to turn to a couple of younger other batsmen around the country and, and go with the future should they win this test match. Well, uh, also a nice little news for Steve Smith. Uh, he's got himself a nice little accolade. He has, mate. So he's currently the highest um, test catcher in Australian um, history. Um, the headline was he's the best fielder. Well, I don't agree with that. I think Ricky Ponting and Mark Waugh and possibly Bob Simpson were all better fielders than, than Steve Smith. A very, very good fielder and very, very good slipper. 
Um, but he's up there with some rarefied air with uh, with Ponting and Mark Waugh. But, uh, yeah, the most catches aside a wicketkeeper. So it's a good effort from Steve Smith, 131 catches. There we go. And we're also less than a month away from uh, the Aussie Open. We already spoke yesterday. Some of the rules are getting relaxed for some of the players and some of the first tennis stars have landed in the country. Yeah, Borja Korik, um, who is uh, the Croatian number 12 in the world, has landed with Denis Shapovalov. Um, who's yeah, the, oh, you nailed that, I, I think. I nailed that one, yes. <laughs> well, I actually saw him play uh, Wimbledon Juniors in, I think it was 2008, and I think this guy is a potential uh, major winner. Um, he's from Canada. Um, they're arrived, so the buzz is starting. And Craig Tilly saying that uh, all players will be staying at the Crown and said that will be the safest place in the world come January. So he called from from, from Craig Tilly. Um, yeah, and we've also heard from Novak Djokovic as well. I see I see that uh, some of these easing of restrictions have already got him chirping up about saying he wants to come down here for the Australian Open. This will be an interesting story leading up to to the tournament, I reckon. Big time. He said he wants to come here, but Craig Tilly saying due to privacy protocols um he's unable to check whether he's actually actually asked for an exemption so it's it's all over the shops going around and around mm. in circles look this is far reaching even um we've got our christmas gathering tomorrow and one of the one of the uncles in the family has decided that he doesn't want to have a, a rapid antigen test oh wow <laughs> he's, he's citing human rights himself so yeah. come on please mate but uh yeah it's far reaching this whole COVID issue oh man i think the aussie open is going to have a lot of issues around it this uh, year and they already had a lot last year as well so it'll be interesting to see how it goes um, the aftermath of Paul Gallen's win in boxing. The man says he's going to retire at the end of next year. And I know you're very disappointed about that, Shane, because mm. he's your number one fan. But um, he's revealed <laughs> that this Sonny Bill Williams-Paul Gallen fight has been offered, and the money is quite large. Yeah, it's an $8 billion purse. So um, he reckons Sonny Bill is running scared at the moment, and um, and, and it appears that he may, be, he may be doing this. I never want to take Paul Gallen's side, that's for sure. But... Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe they're just building it up and trying to get that purse a little bit higher so Paul can retire and then hopefully shut up for the rest of his life. Oh, mate, he's not going to. He's going to be a talking head for the rest of his days. What are you talking about? No, no, You're never mate. going to escape him. He'll be taking no, over no. this this podcast, mate. It'll be Paul going. <laughs> he will not be doing that. <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick look at uh, American sport before we uh, get our, get one of the members of the Barmy Army in here, which I'm sure is going to have a very positive time here talking about the Ashes. <laughs> um, but NBA, we've got to talk about Giddy at the moment. Uh, there's a few things going on with some Aussie players. Ben Simmons, we're now aware that there's apparently 12 teams that are chasing his services, so it looks like he will be leaving uh, Philadelphia at some point. And there's also great news with uh, Josh Giddy as well. Huge news. And um, I can't believe there's 12 teams still looking at Ben Simmons the way he's carried on. Look, he's yet mm. to play a game for the 76ers this year um, due to you know his mental health issues, but he still has three years running on his contract, and that's valued about 140 million US. So yeah, it's insane. And, and I, like you're right with the 12 teams. I think yeah. that the NBA is a weird one though because they they trade so many different things. You can trade like cap space essentially. Mm. You can trade coaches, as happened in the past as well. Right. That the, the the problem I think Philadelphia are going to have is these teams want him. They want premium picks or a premium player for him. But if I'm a team, I'm kind of sitting here going, I feel like you're going to have to give me more Philadelphia yeah. because I'm not guaranteed that this guy's ever going to learn to shoot. Or show and up. I'm a, and I'm, an, I'm a poor team. Like, I'm not going to be a good team that's going to sign. Uh, like, it's, the Lakers aren't coming to get him. You know, no, you know what not. I mean? Like, no, although, actually, in saying that, if there was a good team that's potentially going to try and get him, I could see LeBron going, oh, I'll get Clutch Sports. He's in my company. Oh, I'll yeah, get maybe. this guy over here. But, like, I'm thinking it's a Sacramento Kings kind of situation where you're going to go to a really poor team. They're going to give a whole bunch of stuff to you. But 
who wants to trade away their future for a guy that is, to be honest, it looks like he is one of the most disrespectful teammates in sport. He has to be, mate, right up there. Right. And, and a guy that, that uh, they're saying is Josh Giddy. his next contract could be worth $400 million. Oh, yeah. $400 million. That, that would be the biggest deal ever done by an Australian athlete. So huge, huge numbers. But this goes numbers. to show your attitude's everything. It's huge numbers. But like we've said here before, it's huge numbers if he stays at OKC. Yep. And that's yep. the thing that would be my biggest concern if I was his management and if I was him. I'd be like, all right, you're going to be 22 years old and you're going to be playing for OKC, who mm. have not been very good at all, hence why they got to pick you in the draft. Gotcha. It's kind of like, do you want to stay at this team, make $400 million and probably never win a championship and be like Damian Lillard, who gets to sit mm. around waiting? Or do you want to go to a great team and win a title and then move on to, you know what I mean? It'll be an interesting decision for him. But he's still got a couple more years, mate. I reckon he's going to have some – he might have some record-breaking numbers over the next two years. He's playing that good. Yeah, he is. What, what, what do you think he'd be paid if he went to a, a higher-ranking team? So you can still get – it's kind of complicated in the in the NBA because they have things like luxury taxes where they can essentially pay over the cap and then the team will pay a tax on it. The, okay. The um, – uh, the Golden State Warriors are notorious for that, hence why they've got so many good players at the moment and on great contracts. But if you're with a team, you can get offered what is a, a max deal or a super max, and it's based on okay. how long you've been with the team and some of their areas they can move. He could still potentially sign a max deal with another team and it would be a, a sign-and-trade deal, but it would take a lot of picks and players for OKC to let him go and do that, where they would essentially go, we'll sign you to this giant deal. And then we trade you to the next team so that they can be paying you essentially the $400 million contract. So he could still get that going to another team. But I think you'd probably be like, as crazy as this sentence is about to sound, you'd probably take 50 to $100 million less to go to another team. It's a big number, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if that's the case now that I've said it. But... <laughs> He's probably glad you're not his manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to take a short break. Stay with us because up next we'll be chatting to Paul Leafy Burnham, one of the founders of the Barmy Army, about how great their summer of cricket is going. Well, our next guest, Shano, uh, he's probably having a tough time with the summer of cricket. Uh, one of the founders of the Barmy Army, Paul Leafy Burnham, joins us. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Now, Leafy, what's in Santa's sleigh for, for the English cricket team for Christmas, mate? There must be some runs and some wickets there, surely. I think there's going to be plenty, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm on three, too. <laughs> I reckon there's just a bunch of, a few poultry, mate. Maybe some ducks are in there. We've had the two warm-up games that we should have had before the test matches because you've scheduled it really well. We're ready. Our boys are ready. They're winning Melbourne. We always do well there. Tassie's a guaranteed win. It's all about Sydney, really, whether we win it or get a draw in the series. I love I love the confidence, but let's let's talk about Capsie first because I think there is a real problem at the top. I think Joe Root's under serious pressure, mate. I thought he's, he's Capsie uh, in Adelaide in particular and his field settings were poor. Um, and I reckon Stokes is going to be your next captain. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think, listen, I know Ben's um, a massive supporter of Joe. Obviously, what happened four years ago when he wasn't able to come over on the back of a previous tour where he looked he looked absolute quality. I just think Ben needs to get himself into some decent form and he'll be there. The boys are back in, Joe. I mean, you know, it, it's a really difficult ship to try and manage when it's uh, the guys aren't performing, which they're not at the moment. They're just all a little bit short of the 
that 100% you need to be to win a series over there in Australia. I expect him to bounce back, mate. I'm sure they're going to rally behind Joe. Um, you know, he can't just do all the batting himself. He's, he's doing an amazing mm-hmm. job. I, I fully, fully expect him to carry on the form he's had this year and get 100. I think when he gets 100, he proves that he might do that in the next test, etc., etc. And if the guys can bat around him, um, you know, why not? You need runs on board, as you guys know, in Australia. And we're just not getting enough runs for the bowlers to to have a chance to pitch the ball up and get wickets. I mean, it's, it's you know, once the, once the slippery slope starts, it's really difficult to get back. But they've got a nice break before Melbourne. We do do well in Melbourne. Melbourne's, um, you know, a great ground for us. I think this stuff about the pink ball and England doing well in that series because it's going to swing was a total myth in my eyes. It was, wasn't it? I, didn't, I honestly didn't think we, you know, were going to compete that well in Adelaide. And Brisbane, as we know, is... Even in 10-11, we didn't win there. We just got an amazing draw with, with Cookie batting the way that he did. Um, you know, so, we, yeah, of course, we're confident. I don't, on paper, the England side doesn't look far short of Australia. It's just your guys are playing to their maximum level uh, and our guys are a bit under. And, and in a two-horse race, that's, um, that's good enough to have the domination that you've got. But we're really confident they can bounce back, you know. Speaking about papers, is it harder to write songs when you're getting flogged? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> <laughs> right, so I guess you guys have got a few more than Aussie, Aussie, oi, 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 have you? That's all, that's all we've got, mate. <laughs> we've got no time to write songs when we're too busy cheering the winds, mate. That's the problem. You've got all that spare time at the end of the test, mate. Surely a couple of you can write a song. Surely Shane and Brett can get together and write a song. That would be a first, wouldn't it? Hey, Leafy, a quick question. I know um, that uh, the MCG and Boxing Day to Australians is it's a massive occasion. Is it similar for, for the Poms? Yeah, mate. And listen, the, the expat community that would be over there in Melbourne, as you know, there's, apart from maybe Brisbane where there's not so many expats, but mm. there's a massive contingent, as you know, in Melbourne and Sydney and, and they'll be there enjoying it. And um, it's an amazing occasion, isn't it? I mean, that, the Boxing Day Test Match is something that I'm really... To be honest, I've been on eight tours and I'm really missing the fact that on um, Boxing Day I'm not going to be in Australia watching it because the the buzz and the anticipation, particularly in Victoria. Victoria is Mm. my favourite state for sport, basically. Um, You know, so it's it's disappointing we're not there, but the guys will be there and everyone will be looking forward to getting up um, or staying up on Christmas Day night watching it. And just hope we get off to a good, you know, even a good first session just to get into the series, <laughs> get into the test match to start with. Desperate for anything. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, it would be nice if they just walked out there looking a bit confident. That would be nice. <laughs> I think I, they start off looking confident. It's just, you know, it's the early wickets. You know, I'm, I'm confident in the lads to get back into the series. I, I genuinely think that they, they need to acclimatise and, you know, the weather, it's, it's no one's fault. But those those first two test matches, they look rusty. You know, they're dropping catches, they're bowling no balls, stuff that they haven't been doing in previous test matches. And I just think it takes a while to acclimatise. I really do. Yeah, I thought I thought they may need some uh, rapid antigen testing after a while. I thought they might have, might have had COVID the way they were batting. But are, are you expecting wholesale changes in the in the squad? No, I don't think Joe would do that, mate. I, I really don't. I think he, you might find Crawley might come in for, yep. for Burns, maybe, or there's, they might carry on sticking with Burns because, I mean, the England batting has been shocking this year, but Burns is the second highest scorer. He averages yeah, he is. Highest, yeah. um, behind Joe. So why would you get rid of someone and then put someone that's been carrying the drinks in? Because they're going to be under just as much pressure, you know? So I think they might, st- tends to be the way Joe th- does things is he sticks with his team. He's given them a bit of stick. He's given the bowlers stick, um, which yeah. is unlike him. 
Um, and, you know, of course, he's mentioned about the batting because he has to, because all the British media and no doubt you guys have been commenting about how poor the batting is. You just cannot get down with Joe coming in, you know, 10 for two, 12 for two, whatever it might be. You can't you can't um, play a game of cricket in Australia like that. You can't lose early yep. wicket and you can't have your best batsman coming in that early facing the new ball. It's just, you know, it's madness. So I'm sure he's as aware as anybody else and he, he will make the right decision and, um, whether Crawley comes in for Burns. Personally, I'll bring in Crawley, but, um, you know, equally if Joe sticks with Burns and Amit's looking at least um, you know, reasonably steady before he gets out. Mm. And, and our boys, it, you know, the, the game of cricket, mate, it, it just seems, you know, Labajane uh, played and missed Christ knows how many times we dropped him. He gets 100. You know, maybe somebody needs to get a lucky 100, support Joe and the middle order, and, and you never know, get runs on the board and put a bit of pressure on Australia because the, the game's all about pressure, isn't it? At the moment, it's 100%. easy for you guys. I mean, you're 25 to 1 on to win, the, to win the Ashes. I mean, that tells a story, doesn't it, how far behind we are. Yeah. But in a two-horse race, why not, you know? And Ben Stokes, is, as you know, in the last Ashes in England, was um, he should have put a cape on before he came out to bat. <laughs> uh, and why not? You know, why not? Why couldn't he come out and do it? There's some quality in the England team. It's not like the 90s where... You know, when, when Atherton was doing a similar job to Joe Root right now of trying to do everything, you know, score all the runs and captain the team. Um, but I, I'm pretty confident that people uh, around Joe, I know they support him. I know they think he's the right guy to be captain. And I think they support him for the rest of the series. And we're worried about, um, you know, who might take over if, if Joe doesn't want to carry on doing it, if, if it's 4-0 or 5-0, um, which I guess is the favourite now. But no, we're confident that... He's a good enough captain to rally the troops and they've got a nice break now before Boxing Day and um, let's hope they can get themselves together and, and start competing in the series because um, that's what's needed. Yeah, well, uh, the first step is to try and get a win uh, or get into Boxing Day starting pretty strong, mate. So we'll have to see how it goes uh, just after Christmas, Hey, eh? Thanks for joining us. No, absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks, Leafy. Take care, mate. Well, that's it for Afternoon Sport today, so make sure you follow and subscribe wherever you are listening. Leave a review as well, because that's also a really uh, handy part. So if you can leave a review, if you're especially on Apple, make sure you leave one there. It is the night before Christmas, so a big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, wonderful sponsors in Main Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Yeah, of course, uh, producer Dan McHugh is uh, basically cutting this up to make it sound awesome. Uh, he's there somewhere. I've said something nice now. Um, no backhanded insult this time around. <laughs> Shane, you and I will be back on Monday, and uh, we will be talking the Boxing Day test. We will, mate. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a great Christmas. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back.